Okay, welcome ladies and gentlemen. My name is Tikwana Acha from Springfield Nation, uh, from the Ataka Group Nation. Uh, we'll be talking today with Tim and Michael Hopkins. Tim is an Indigenous man and a member of the Métis Nation of Saskatchewan. He started Advantage to create a business that provides employment and job training opportunities for Indigenous people and works to break through the stereotypical barriers to success. Michael is a member of the Ataka Group First Nation and is proud to be working for a company that actively supports its Indigenous employees as he works towards achieving his career goals. Welcome, people. How are you? Doing good. Doing well. Doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, Michael. I had a, a chit chat with, with Tim uh, last week or so. Um, uh, Tim, this question is going to be directed towards you as we spoke about it earlier and Michael chime in and it's about um, education. So Tim holds a Bachelor of Science Biology from the University of Toronto and a B.Ed. from the Laurentian University. So Tim, how did you go from a Bachelor of Science and a Bachelor of Education to business owner? Hmm. Oh, that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I think, I guess, business owner, maybe maybe construction owner of a construction company, because I've owned other businesses before. Um, many years back, I did uh, uh, outfitting. I was a canoe outfitter with uh, myself and a guy from uh, Isla Cross. We partnered up and created an Indigenous cultural outfitting company. And so I've done other other businesses, but I guess maybe the biggest thing is going from BSC Ed to construction. And I think there was there wasn't much of a natural fit except when I moved out of the north and and moved to Saskatoon area, a lot of people were trying to get me to work uh, in the construction industry. This was back in the boom about 15 years ago, and one of the criticisms I heard from so many people is that they couldn't get. There was a lot of people that would work with them in construction, but a lot of the indigenous people they were working with. Um, a lot of stereotypes. They, they'd come to work for a few days and they wouldn't come back and uh, they'd get paid and they would get drunk and they wouldn't come back to work. And so I heard all these kinds of stereotypes and it really bothered me. And I thought, you know what, there may be some truth to what they're saying, but I don't believe that's the real truth. And so I made a decision at that point when we moved out of the north, um, my son and I, uh, I made a decision to prove that stereotype wrong. And so I started my own business instead of working for someone else. So that's really why I did what I, what I did, why I did it. Wonderful. And um, um, coming to you, Michael. Well, to be honest, I, when I was in grade 10 and 11, I didn't do very good at school. wasn't very good at listening and doing things like that and just focusing on tasks and stuff. And my dad being a teacher, always, always pushed education. So in grade 10, I went to Rosson Junior College. And then after that, I did my grade 11 online. And uh, I did really good in grade 11, actually, with the online stuff. But I just wanted to work, and I just wasn't focusing on school. So my dad said to me, he's like, well, if you're not going to go to school, you're going to work. So I jumped out of grade 11, or at grade 11, after my grade 11, and I started working full time. I worked full time, and I've done multiple courses, and like I couldn't even name them all just kind of like with roofing and with business and like all kinds of stuff like that. So in the end, he did get his way. I did still get an education. <laughs> um, working to get in my grade 12 here. 
because uh, I haven't done it. I just kind of gave mm-hmm. up on it, and I didn't believe in education. I didn't felt like I was didn't feel like I was learning anything at mm-hmm. school. I mean, of course, I'm sure every kid thinks that, but it it was kind of true. Like I seen a lot of things that I wasn't necessarily going to learn from school, uh, as like social socially. Yeah, you learn a lot, but some of the things they just didn't really teach a whole lot of the main things you need to learn. So I learned a lot of things just from my dad and like uh, working with him and doing a lot of these courses and stuff. So my education kind of is kind of in that direction as to what I do for work. Tim, please enlighten us about corporations. A corporation essentially was designed in Europe, I'm thinking somewhere in the 1700s, early 17, mid 1700s, when, and even earlier than that, maybe 1500s, 1600s, when they would travel with ships, um, merchants would travel around the world with ships. And what they did is, and the reason they, they, they did that is they had to send the ship and the people and the crew out. And so they created this entity that represented them, but it wasn't actually that person. And we use that same same approach today, and we call it a corporation. And what it does from then till today is it allows um, people uh, that own the corporation to operate with um, a different set of tax rules with inside the corporation, and it also protect, protects that individual from liability. I mean, that's like a super top view of what it is. I'm certainly not an expert on corporations. But that's the gist of what it does. Now, some of what you and I had spoken about earlier is there's some incentives and benefits uh, to Mm -hmm. uh, treaty people that own or are a shareholder, we'll say, in a corporation. And those are some of the things that people should and be able to recognize. And I think that's a bit of a disjoint or a gap there (laughs) um, in terms of understanding. But there's some value to being a shareholder in a corporation. Well, thank you for your answer. Going right into this. So right now I'm understanding. Um, I always say this, actually, I just do. And I have no idea why. But there are opportun- opportunities in Indigenous communities, um, First Nations, uh, Métis communities. Uh, can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, there's an enormous amount of opportunities. I mean, it's... It's the one population in Canada, First Nation, Métis, uh, Inuit, Indigenous communities, that is actually growing. Um, And it's growing at an exponential rate. And by that, I mean that there are more and more Indigenous people every single year. And as a result of it, um, they create uh, a basis for economy. And a lot of the communities, not all of the communities, but certainly the northern communities especially, just as an example, they're based around natural resources and those resources are being used or exploited in some manner. And the communities, the First Nation, Métis, and Inuit communities have taken a stronger role in management of those uh, resources with the government, provincial, federal, even municipal. And as a result, there's, uh, and many, many other reasons. Um, as a result, there's lots of opportunities, lots of work opportunities. Um, lots of opportunities to educate ourselves and, and become uh, valuable participants in some of that growth. I mean, there's just, 
the opportunities are unbelievable right now. And, and I think that's the thing. And we have, I think, as Indigenous people, the opportunity to participate in that. And really, it's not that the opportunities weren't there before. The opportunity, I believe now, is that we have the opportunity ourselves to participate. We have people in our own communities, ourselves, for example, that are becoming more and more educated that, that are able to step into those roles now. We've created, I mean, how many communities have we seen? Even, even Takaku, they have a business arm now that, that uh, works to develop businesses, then supports the people in the community with employment and potentially training. So we're seeing all those things happen now. And I think that's where the opportunities are. Coming to you, Michael, um, uh, can you explain a little bit more about the opportunities or from your perspective? Oh, I've seen a lot. Um, I've seen everything that he has seen, but in uh, outside perspective, it, it it's given me like, I don't know, it, I get like a different understanding than he does because I see some things that he doesn't because he's in the heat of it. And I'm not necessarily in the heat of it. So say something crazy is happening and like there's some crazy stories that we could tell but uh in the office and you know it's just really hectic well when he's in the heat of it he'll make decisions and sometimes may be affected a little bit by the heat of the situation which is just natural and he's actually really good at handling things um but just i see those and then me being on the outside of it i i can you know understand that if i come across those situations uh, myself in either everyday life or even in my own business doings um i know how to handle them uh, if, the way he would and if not better in certain areas or you know different depending on what the scenario is so like the benefit of having uh my dad be, with his education and you know his position in owning a company it's just given me a lot of insight to you know like it's education in itself uh just watching and learning like uh, even with sales as a kid doing things like going to home shows and stuff and i was like probably like 13 14 years old selling shingles at this thing to people and like i knew i knew everything about them we knew how to sell them and, and you know so like learning things like that uh hands-on and you know, it's, it's been really good for me. Uh, so going back to the advantagegroup.ca. So, um, Tim, give us a little history on the advantagegroup.ca. And then I would like Michael to chime in with the, you know, where the tech part came in, the website creation, the photography, and things like that. So advantage... Originally, we started out as Advantage Roofing LTD Corporation, and we were a truck and ladder company. Um, originally, is what we were basically a truck and ladder roofing company, and from there we went uh, into commercial, more commercial roofing, uh, and then industrial roofing. And in there, we also began working with the federal government. And one of the federal government's uh, requirements. We started working within a program, a trade program or policy that they call the Procurement Strategy for Aboriginal Business. And one of the things they said, is we started to branch out into doing general construction and a little bit of design work and a whole bunch of other things. And one of the things they, they said to us, so they said, well, how come you're a roofing company? We see you as Advantage Roofing and here you are doing construction or design work. And so it was at that time I realized I needed to create and branch into three separate companies 
to support the federal initiative that we were uh, procuring into. So we created the company Advantage Construction and Design, and then Advantage Environmental Science and Consulting, so and Advantage Roofing Limited. So we became three companies under one umbrella called Advantage Group of Companies. Those other two companies were uh, created solely for procurement with the federal government. That's how we became Advantage Group of Companies. Michael, tell us about the photography in, in on the website. I have a camera. I take some photos, but I don't know. I, I do a lot of photography personally. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of the things that, like, one of my hobbies is uh, photography. I have my own page and stuff as well. So um, I guess whenever he does need photos and he hasn't hired like a professional photographer to do certain things, I, I'm always available like uh, to do some photos. And I couldn't tell you what photos I took or I didn't take. I, I yeah, I, I don't know, but <laughs> I take a lot of photos and like. You probably never even looked at our website. <laughs> <laughs> Michael. Like maybe oh, once, no. or, maybe once Michael? or twice, but. Michael, yeah. tell us your favorite subject to uh, to take photos of. Like, as in a business standing point or personally? Oh, personally. Let's get personal here. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I I take photos of cars. I do car photography mostly. And I make my own video edits and do some video editing as well. Wonderful. Now, I might add, though, you know, he's being a little modest. There's, a, I think he is. A lot of the photography that we've done has been from him and the photography we've used. And a lot of the video editing and video work that we have done, um, we've actually not been allowed to post a lot of the stuff we do federally because we've got restrictions on what we can and can't post. So Michael's done an enormous amount of videoing, video editing and video work for us. And I actually, again, like he said earlier, I sent him on to some online courses for this stuff. Even recently, eh, we did some media work too, which I think was amazing. It's really good. So. I know we, we had put together a series of videos, amazing videos, and then the federal agency uh, spoke to us and said, we're not allowed to post post that stuff. And if we were going to, we had to go through an enormous amount of red tape to get it done. So we actually haven't been able to post a lot of the work that we've done uh, because we worked on um, security sites with Correctional Services Canada. We've done a lot of work with the RCMP. And even some of the stuff with Parks Canada has had some limitation on what we can and can't do. Um, so it's been really interesting. We've got all this, like the amount of um, photography, videos and pictures we have is unbelievable. Like, and so much of it we can't post. Like basically the, what they told us was if we they use my video, they wouldn't they would, couldn't give me any credit or do anything about it. They're basically just going to, I was going to take the videos and then they were going to take it and use it for their own use, meaning that they could put it anywhere and do anything they wanted with it. And then, so basically to get to, to get that, we had to go through a bunch of loops, which meant that my editing hmm. could be completely changed around. They would just take the videos and stuff. And like, we talked about it and it, and a lot of it was kind of like, it was, first of all, it wasn't worth getting there because uh, once we got there, I, the work was really, you know, irrelevant for me it didn't didn't show anything or do anything for me and i guess it was for like a legal standing point they mm -hmm. had there was some legal reason why they couldn't you know uh promote me in any way but i so i didn't really worry about it and 
we just kind of kept the videos and yeah. So I haven't really taken yeah. any more videos in probably about two years for the company, but I'm sure I'll be doing some in the future for sure. Awesome. So I know that um, everyone's inspired. Everyone um, that aspires is inspired. Tim, can you tell us a little bit about someone or something that is your inspiration? Yeah, I'm going to give you someone that I haven't spoke about before with, with you, actually. There, there was a, a woman many, many years ago. Her name was Judy Cody, and she's from uh, Kitakan Zibi, um, which is... I know it is Garden River, which is in Manawaki in Quebec. And she was inspirational. She was actually one of my education teachers. And uh, at the end of my Bachelor of Education degree, and uh, she, she said to me, she said, uh, I'd like you to come and work in our TEP program. So I was still in university. I mean, I was, I was finishing my education degree. I didn't have a lot of experience. And she said to me, she said, I want you to come work and actually teach our pre-service teachers next year. And I, I just, I actually didn't believe her um, because that meant that I was going to be working alongside the professors that had just finished teaching me. So I was finishing and graduating and convocating in May. And by that summer, I was going to be teaching shoulder to shoulder with them. I, and I, I was blown away. And so, I, and I asked her why, and she said, I have a lot of confidence in your ability to do it. And you know, that was probably the biggest push I ever had. And it was, it was such a boost for me that someone would have that kind of confidence in me. And I really believe that she was instrumental in, in the decisions that I made, uh, you know, going forward from that point, because it, I, I did, I ended up teaching literally beside the professors that had just finished teaching me. Some of them were really excited about it. Some of them weren't so excited about it. As, as you can sort of very well imagine how that would look. I mean, I was, I was the same age as my son there. 20, I was 22, 23 years old. And it allowed me going from there then to go into other educational pursuits and start developing programming. And that's really what I became as an educator in my young career. I was a programmer. Uh, I didn't like, mm -hmm. I mean, I hear, my, I hear my, my son's voice when he spoke about education. I hear myself in the same thing. Um, the exact same thing I heard myself saying it. And so I, I determined as a teacher to become not just a teacher, but to develop program that would support uh, those that didn't fit into the system. And, and I spent probably 10 to 15 years developing programming along those kinds of lines. So, and I believe it was Judy that, that supported that, without a doubt. This is my favorite drink. Oh, don't show that to me. <laughs> hey, I was gonna drink it right out of this, and he just looked at me, and I was like, "She told me to be myself." Like, <laughs> what is that, Fruitopia? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> um, going to the fun part here. Coming to you, Michael. Michael, tell us a little bit about Muay Thai. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Uh, proper or first off? <laughs> yeah, close enough. Um, I started a little bit in Ottawa. I didn't do it for very long. I did it intermittently for about like two, two to three years between kickboxing and Muay Thai. It was pretty good. I'd like to get into it again, but as I got home and, uh, the virus and thing is, has kind of changed things up. I haven't been able to be active in martial arts at all, but I definitely like to do it again. I trained jujitsu in mm -hmm. Muay Thai and yeah, it was really good. 
good exercise and good for the mind. And um, I definitely want to get back into it here as soon as possible. Maybe over the winter, actually, because uh, be around uh, Saskatchewan for that. Do you have any words to, to end the show with? Tim, we'll start with you. I would say... I would say to anyone, stick with it. You know, don't. I mean, I know this is cliche, but it's the truth. Don't give up. I really, I really believe that our greatest successes are all on the footsteps of our failures, and I don't, I don't think we should be looking at our failures as as failures per se. But those are the step, stepping stones to our successes, and and that that's absolutely the truth. I mean, I can say that in my own life. It's you know, many, 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 many failures. And my son has seen so many of the things, the mistakes that, like he said earlier, I've, that, that I have made or the company's made. And it's those mistakes that I've learned from and then I've grown from that. So don't ever give up. Uh, from you, Michael, um, being a young Indigenous youth, what would you like to leave us with? I'm going to start off with uh, kind of adding to what my dad had said because uh, I, I think it, it uh, will mean a lot for people. But what I've realized with, first of all, with education, just because you feel like you don't know or you don't think you're learning something, you actually are. You can't focus on what you don't, what you can't learn. You got to focus on what you have learned. And even if you only take one piece of that, so, you know, if there's a huge book and you only get the first word of the book, you still learn something. And um, like second of all, when you do start going places, don't let it get to your head um, because it really can. And I've been doing a little bit of social media myself and like, I'm in no means big, but I have two pages and they're starting to grow. And one thing is I realize is it'll get to your head and uh, you always got to remember to keep going for your goals. And like, you know, like my dad said, uh, keep steady with it and, you know, don't stop because the moment you stop and think, or stop and get too comfortable. It's probably the moment you're going to start making big mistakes. So, I mean, I'm in seeing him make mistakes and myself making mistakes daily, we're only human. We're going to do that. But yeah, I don't know. Just like to add on what he said, just keep, keep pushing on. And, you know, as you make mistakes, you learn too. So education, you know, and uh, making mistakes is go hand in hand because you're going to make mistakes before you learn. And sometimes a whole lot of them, and they're going to hurt, but no pain, no gain, as they say, I guess. Some, someone had asked a question. Oh, really? What was the question? It's down on the right in the chat bar. You might want to answer that one there. Chat bar? Right. What kind of opportunities do you have for anyone or youth? Do you, do you uh, have any community work to give? back to any communities okay yeah so hey let's i can answer that so one of the things we do uh Siegun, one of the things that we do is when we get opportunities in various communities first nation or metis communities i will generally send my key staff just one or two key trained staff and then we will we will hire locally Wrapping up this segment with tim and michael hopkins the dynamic father-son duo of advantage group of companies Advantage Environmental and Science Consulting, Advantage Construction and Design, and Advantage Roofing Limited. With humble beginnings, they navigated their business from being a truck and ladder company to a commercial company, and then on to being an industrial company. Thank you, Tim and Michael, for creating Indigenous space in the construction industry.